This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners some really good information so that you can make some really good decisions on the real estate market. And a good team would never consider going into the game without a goal and a well-prepared game plan and strategy. Well, why shouldn't one enter into the real estate market? Uh, Why should they enter into it without a clear goal and a well-prepared game plan and strategy? And that's where your coach, your realtor, comes into play. Now, we have two types of members at the Association of Realtors. We have realtor members. Those are the, the guys with the real estate licenses out there selling homes. And then we have affiliates. And the affiliates are a very important part of the whole equation. Your affiliates would be home inspectors, insurance agents, uh, title companies, lenders. And today, I have two affiliates here to help me with our game plan, our strategy, and uh, I'll bet you can pick up a few good tips today. And to help me with that, we have Kevin Lisitsen of Farmers Insurance. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. All right. And um, not your first time here. so it is not. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Yep. The ratings recovered, so <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we're back. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Glad to be here. And another veteran, Jonathan Bray, home inspector here. Good morning. Good morning, Don. All right. Boy, did they ever take a dip last time you were on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck this afternoon. (laughs) You know I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, If if there is a dip, I'm sure I'm the cause of it. (laughs) Well, because it's the middle of January now, 12th of January, I want to give a few stats from the month of December because we keep hearing that the market is shifting. So pulled up a few stats just last night for the month of December of 2018. And um, there were 795 solds in Fresno County. Yeah, that was down from November and October, which both of those were in the 900s. Yeah, 795 is almost 800. So it is down slightly. Now, can you attribute some of that to the month of December? I would think so. Um, and But if we were to go back to December of 17, it was up around 900. So there definitely is not as many sales r- happening right now as it was before. So does that make it a down market? Or does it mean it's a return to normal? And I'm going to base this on what I've been saying in the past. To me, it feels like we have gone from 70, doing 75 miles an hour down to 60. Mm. 60 is still healthy, still yeah. doing good. Yeah, good analogy. And, yeah, and I don't think that we could have kept up doing 75. And in some areas of the state, like the Bay Area, where they were doing... 175, <laughs> you know, it was just too much. So uh, anyway, uh, we also see sellers making an adjustment, and this is 
what's going to make 2019 a healthy market. When sellers all of a sudden realize they have to be at the negotiating table too. Because a year ago, two years ago, they didn't have to be at the negotiating table. They let the four or five buyers who were um, bidding on their house negotiate and outbid themselves. And then the seller would say, yep, I like that one there, and pick the, pick the best um, offer. Interesting. I went through that in June. <laughs> Jonathan, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, well, we, uh, we bought, we were, we sold and bought back in, uh, the month of May, and it was the same scenario. You know, perfectly qualified buyers, we came in and made offers on homes, but it was, it just wasn't meant to be. And then we, I mean, you know how it works, though. You find that perfect home. It always, always seems to work out. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing a thinning out of some of the sellers, too. Some sellers are saying, oh, well, If I can't sell it for this price, I'll keep it. Well, that's good because they probably weren't motivated sellers. They may may not have had a true need to sell that house. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, sometimes returning to normal is a good thing. Um, I would like to ask you guys what you've seen as far as are you seeing a a change in the market? And and let's start with Jonathan because, I mean, it's like, when we sell a home, one of the first things we do is order a home inspection. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's from I mean, we're talking about the market, and basically what I've seen is for quite a period of time, my you know scheduling wise is always a big challenge because you know you get into you get into contract on a deal, and then you've got a you know a contingency period to work with, and so it's always a matter of how you know how quickly can we get the inspections in. And um, I work with a lot of really good people, and a lot of them are you know. Uh, a couple, three, four, five, six months ago, we're, you know, had to wait. Maybe our scheduling was booked out maybe, you know, eight to ten days even as far as, you know, sometimes. And, we, you know, you get halfway into that contingency period and um, you need to get those inspections done. Whereas now it's, you know, the, the wait time isn't quite as long. Our schedule's not booked out as far and we're not having to say no to as many, <laughs> as many calls that are coming in. But are you still doing as many appraise uh, or inspections? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The inspection, my number number of inspections goes up. I stay as busy as I want to be. I set my schedule throughout the week, and then I'm able to work my inspections in. So, um, but periodically, I have to put someone out far enough where they say, ah, I'm going to have to, you know, yeah. call somebody else, and that's fine too. There's lots of perfectly good qualified home inspectors out there doing what we do. So what I'm hearing you say is basically the same thing. We're, we're slowing down yes. from a high speed where you had to turn away business to a normal speed, but yet you're still doing the same, basically the same amount of inspections. So. Yeah, same number of ins- number of inspections for 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 my business um, has stayed pretty well pretty well consistent actually all the way through the uh, holiday season. So it's it's for for me it stayed fairly steady. I think the number of inspections countywide has, you know, gone down a little bit. But, again, it's just, like you said, it's a matter of doing 75 and all of a sudden you slow down to 60. Uh, we're still, you know, we're still making good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heck, and I remember markets where we were crawling along at 25 miles an hour. Right. Let's not go back there. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't digress too far, Don, please. All right. Um, and speaking of digressing too far. I've been hearing people say, oh, this is what happened 10 years ago. No, it's not. It is different this time. How many people would walk away from their home today because they have equity in there? 
They probably have twenty thousand, fifty, hundred thousand dollars equity. You don't want to walk away from that. Uh, if you lose your job, you're going to go get another one. So uh, because you've got something to protect. However, ten, twelve years ago, people did walk away because they had overborrowed. Maybe they bought the home for a hundred thousand, but now they owed two hundred fifty thousand because they did those crazy cash out adjustable rate loans, no doc loans. They walked away because now their home was worth two hundred and they owed two fifty. It was still double what they bought it for. Right. But that created a big problem there. So we don't have that situation now. So uh, I, I don't see that. Ha- I don't see us going back to 25 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> That's good. Good to know. Yeah. Kevin, in yes. the insurance business, yes, I, I mean, you're almost you almost have to have insurance. Um, about the only ones who have a choice are the ones that own their property free and clear, and didn't think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, I, it's it's not fair to ask you the question about our rate, our, our policies up or down as far as the numbers. Yeah. But there's a lot that's happened, especially in the state of California, the last few years. That mm. so what is the market like? I mean, is it hard to get insurance right now? No, it's not. It's not hard at all. It's the the same. It's about knowing. Uh, just you have to sometimes reach out beyond just the. Uh, your current insurance agent to find the right policy. But one thing I am seeing is, is for insurance, uh, insurance policy is insuring the building and separate structures and the personal property on that land that you're buying and, and you're purchasing land and location and building. So in some cases I'm seeing, and, and this is happening a little bit more now than it had in the past, where I'm in my insured value is lower than the loan amount. And I think that's also because of the spike that we've had recently with the prices. Uh, but when it comes to um, the current fires, I think is what you're referring to that we've had in Napa and, and Cheap Paradise in Los Angeles. Um, you know, California has put into place uh, the California Fair Plan, which helps all those folks that live up in the higher fire line areas, brush line areas, to be able to get insurance. So it's it's possible to get insurance. And in, in really great situations with a lot of my clients through my agency, I have a really good endorsement that goes alongside that policy. So they have a good fire policy if there's a fire loss, and they have a good water theft and liability policy on the other side. Okay. So despite the catastrophes we've had, mm. your industry is stable? Is that well, a good it's, word? It's had some, it's had some ups and downs. I, I, I don't, uh, there are some, there are some companies that have actually, uh, had some trouble through this last fire that they had up in paradise, unfortunately. And it's been in the news and it's unfortunate that stuff like that happens. And I think that just goes around to, you know, the company that you're using, the rate that they're giving you and the services that you get for that rate. And that company is, is combined with that, right? That's the kind of their, uh, that's kind of how they set their tone for what, um, they can withhold in the future. So working with smaller companies in cases where you're in higher fire line areas or just in general, you know, just want to make sure you're doing your due diligence and not just looking at the price because, God forbid, you have a, a catastrophe. Um, you might uh, you might find that saving 20 bucks, even 20 bucks a year, I've seen people just switch over for that. I mean, a big picture here. It's a hundred thousand, you know, sometimes what a $250,000 home in Fresno is the average house price. So um, insurance is something you can't ever go back and say, I want to 
it doesn't work like that. So yeah. you have to be <laughs> able to tra- you have to be able to uh, see the uh, investment out the door and understand what that policy is. So okay, and when we get further into the show, we're going to get into the details of insurance and home inspections and the relationship between the two. It's good, and why you don't just have to be buying a home to get a home inspection to know what's good for your insurance policy. We're going to get into all of that. But right now, let's go to our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. To the Welcome Home Home Show. I'm Clara Sisson, and I'm here with my dad to give him moral support. Claire, you're welcome. You're a rock star. Thank you. Claire, how old are you? I'm nine. Nine, and what grade are you in? I'm in fourth grade. All right. What's your favorite subject in school? I like art and um, math. That's good. I can tell you're going to be a good one, a good student all the way through, and you're not shy whatsoever. <laughs> Your dad's a little bit shy, but you know, I think he'll get over it by the end of today's radio show. Yeah. Especially with your moral support. <laughs> all right. Very good. Thank you. Let's get into some insurance talk now. And um, if there's anything Kevin, the insurance agent, doesn't know, you can ask Claire for the. I can call call in for some support. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll make a call. She, you got you it. Use your lifeline. I'll use my lifeline. There you go. She I'm here me. for you. Thank you. All right, um, Kevin. So what? Let, let's talk about what does a basic homeowner's policy cover? So essentially, you have the dwellings, which is the building that's on the property that you're purchasing, the separate structures around that, so a shed, a fence, and then within the insurance within the home. Essentially, if I was to pick it up and shake it upside down, uh, anything that fell out of that Paul, out of that home would be considered personal property. Uh, then you have uh, anyone that comes onto your property, uh, so you have liability, so physical damage uh, or physical harm to a person on your property that doesn't live in the house uh, would be covered under liability insurance. Okay, so the big ones are fire, yeah. liability, yeah, well, and theft too. Um, yeah, fire, theft, vandalism. Uh, those uh, not on every policy. These are gonna these are gonna be the uh, carrier driven. Don's will be very careful to not assume anything. If you're listening to this, you really need to call your agent because I'm current, maybe not your agent. So I'm talking about my carrier that I work with. Uh, so generally speaking, these are just broad coverages, and every company has different uh, services that they offer. They're called endorsements in some cases. So vandalism could be considered an endorsement depending on where you live. A lightning could be considered an endorsement depending on where you live. And an endorsement is an option? It's an option that you can pay for to have added or removed from your policy. And in some cases, when I'm running quotes, I'll see those aren't even on the policy. Some rates are just uh, are there. They go after the rate, not the actual um, total coverage options that you have. Mm-hmm. How does an endorsement differ from, like, a writer? So I'm not familiar with a, a rider in okay. my world as much as the verbiage uh, would be for me would be an endorsement. Okay. All right. So I maybe, know what a rider is, okay. but it's not really something that we use in verbiage in my industry. Got it. Very okay. often, but that's a great okay. question. Yeah. Okay. Just, I, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. So um, I think the very important thing for our listeners to hear from what you just said is not all insurance policies are created equal. Oh, not You have to know what you have. Just like all loans are not the same. Absolutely. All homes are not the same. So you have to know what you're buying. And um, I, I will tell you this, from the realtor side of it, all too often I see the escrow officer or the loan officer tell yeah. the buyer, hey, you need an insurance policy. And boom, they get on their, their iPhone and click, click, click. Okay, I got it. It's um, mm. and, and it's like this all happened in two minutes. Yeah. I'll yeah. bet they don't really understand what they bought. Yeah, most likely they wouldn't understand. And, and that's where when you're purchasing a home, and that's one of your biggest investments most people will ever purchase. And they really need to be able to talk to somebody about it. If it's not a local agent that has a local office here in your community, if it's an 800 number for some reason you feel like you need to call to get a quote, you know, it's very, what would be wrong with getting a quote from a local agent? At least somebody that can talk to you about a policy. At least at that point, you have something to compare what you're getting from another carrier. And uh, don't believe what you hear and see on TV. 15% won't always save you 15%. It <laughs> may cost you 50%. It may cost you a home. Yeah, yeah. And later in the show, when we get into maybe some findings from a home inspection, I'm going to be asking some tough questions about, okay, if we found this deficiency in a home, is the insurance company going to be covering it? But that that that's coming up. All right. So, I'll be waiting for that one. Yeah. And these will be tough questions for you, so you All are right. going to have to use your lifeline and go to Claire once in a while. You got it. You ready, Claire? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, I've heard terms like HO3, HO6. What What does all that mean? Yeah, those are all just definitions of what type of coverage uh, is out there versus the building. So you have, say, landlord policy, you have owner-occupied policy, you have condo policies, you have renter's insurance policies. And each one of those terms is basically for the insurance carrier to be able to know how to where to place you at. So that's what an HO6, HO3 would be. So like a landlord policy, for instance, would be uh, something that you have um, – uh, you know, the person doesn't live in the house. Their personal property is not in there. And so it's just a building. Uh, and in some cases, you could get coverage for uh, lost rent. So if there's damage to the house and the occupant can't live in there, you would get paid for lost rent so you don't miss out on stuff like that, which is really valuable if you have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So it's just a feature of a lot of a landlord policy that could be available to you. There's a myth out there that I've heard people say, well, I'm buying a condo, and insurance is in the uh, HOA fee, so I don't need insurance. Is that a myth or a reality? No, that's a myth. That's definitely not a reality to that because they're covering, and again, you want to know your HOA. You want to read their policy and understand what they're what they're offering. Generally speaking, you would be seeing that the roof is covered by your HOA. The outside walls are covered by the HOA. And then what you would be getting covered by your insurance carrier is your walls in. And uh, sometimes that's a that's a number that the insurance agent will input into the insurance policy. So unlike the HO3 where it's a homeowner's policy, that number is created by a, a 360 evaluator or a tool that we use to evaluate how much the rebuild would be. In an, HO, in an HOA situation where you're with a condo, it's different. We manually input that number based on what we feel square footage would be to rebuild it. 
And many times over, I've I've walked away from policies just because I'll put in there what I think it'll cost to rebuild that, and the consumer is getting quotes from somewhere else, and they're telling them different, so they'll go with the cheaper option. And I don't compete with that. That's I'm fine with losing business if it's on regards to somebody essentially not being able to rebuild their their home if there ever is a loss. Yeah, it's not it's not worth it. This is not the time to be uh, penny pension. Not not at all. Now, I've heard the uh, term uh, replacement cost. Um, so let's say we're in a market where prices really went up, and, and I was insured for $200,000, but now my house is worth $300,000, um, and it burns down to the ground. Yeah. Uh, what, what's covered? If you have the replacement cost endorsement is yeah that? well yeah so replacement cost the opposite of replacement cost is actual cash value and again this can be carrier driven so it just really depends on who your carrier is but essentially with the replacement cost you're going to get what it would cost to replace it in today's market but that's always going to be based off what the three what the evaluation is of the building the dwelling dollar amount don so it's important Every year when you get that letter from your insurance carrier, let's sit down and talk to your insurance agent and reevaluate your home. If those prices move that far, you may be underinsured. Some carriers will only cut you a check for what the value is on the policy, maybe not what the value is to actually replace it. That's an unfortunate thing that is uh, it's a reality out there. So this is something where people ought to really go look at their current policy and mm-hmm. see uh, – um, how much they're covered for because l- let me use this example mm-hmm. let's say i have actual cash value because okay. you said that's the opposite of replacement cost correct or you didn't say opposite but the it is though because like in my world you either have actual cash value or replacement cost so actual cash value be what the value is to replace it at the time of loss so if you've owned it for 10 years there would be a depreciation factor where you have replacement cost doesn't require doesn't matter how long you've owned it per se you're going to get it replaced in today's market so if i have an actual cash value policy for 200,000 the house is worth 300,000 now and it costs let's say 300,000 to replace it yeah i'm going to get a check for 200,000 I'm not really able to answer that question, Don. I really wish I could. Uh, it depends on the carrier that you have and a lot of other factors that come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other endorsements that could be on the policy that would protect you against that. But essentially, all all seriousness, uh, all, all kidding aside, if you're in a situation like that where you can look at your policy and you can see what your dwelling amount is, you really need to make that phone call. It might be 10 bucks a year. It might be 20 bucks a year or $30 a year to make sure you true that up. Okay, so that was a tough question if yeah. I had an actual cash value policy. If I had a replacement cost policy, it's not as tough of a question, is it? Well, it's not really because in each policy you have, at least with the carrier that I use, I have I have building, right? So I have the roof, which could be replacement cost or actual cash value. I have contents, which can be replacement cost or actual cash value. And also I have... Um, um, the flooring in the house could be actual cash value or replacement cost. So each bucket can be different. So again, it would depend on the actual policy. Mm-hmm. What do uh, let's say deductibles? So yes. you, um, that's important to look at. Whether Absolutely. Five hundred, thousand. Yeah. Um, 
What what's a recommendation that you usually make on deductibles? That's a great question. I appreciate you asking me that question. The deductible is really the only controlling factor a consumer has on how much they're going to pay for their insurance. The higher deductible, the more risk the consumer is taking, so the less the premium. Lower the deductible, the more less risk the consumer is willing to take, and the insurance policy will be more. I always tell people I don't want to take your money. I'm not here to charge you more than then you need to pay. So if you have the ability of paying $2,500, if there's a loss, then you need to have your deductible at $2,500, or you're giving us money you don't need to be giving us. Insurance policies should always be considered a sudden, catastrophic, and accidental. So it's not something where you just have a little leaky pipe in your, in your wall. Like That's not going to be necessarily covered under your insurance anyway. So I think being educated when you buy a house and being educated when you talk to a local agent is going to really help you understand how and how how that deductible will play a role if you God forbid you ever have a loss. Okay, and when we get back from our next commercial break, we're going to talk about how home home inspections and insurance are actually related. Absolutely. And, yeah. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio on 940 ESPN. Scordino, your host, and with the intro music we have there from the Pink Panther, you can tell we have an inspector, Inspector Clouseau, on today, and that's actually Jonathan Bray and Kevin Lasitzen, uh, an insurance agent. We're gonna. This is going to be a tough segment here because um, I, Jonathan, in the past, has told me things that he's found in different homes while inspecting it that make you say, man, why would somebody do this? And I'm wondering, is that something that if there's a fire, a flood, or something, is the insurance adjuster going to say, hey, we're not going to cover this because you shouldn't have, uh, uh, you know, hooked up all that electrical to, to one outlet. So let's get into that. What are some of the odd things you have found where, and I'll even say Jimmy rigged by the, the homeowner. Yeah, one of the things with we uh, obviously are looking for you know, when we do a home inspection is I'm always looking for stuff that was done by what I call homeowner handymen. They they want to they want to they, they they know just enough to be dangerous, but not quite enough to be you know um, proficient at what they're doing. So they'll run some. Um, I've seen situations where they maybe didn't have the right um, the right plug end on an on a on a on a cord or a lamp cable or something, and so instead of just getting the right lamp, they literally took the black wire and the white wire on the cord and plugged it in, shoved it into two separate slots on an electrical outlet. Oh my gosh! And then ran that across, and they were feeding, let's say, their Christmas tree or maybe a uh, maybe a spare refrigerator. I mean, lots of stuff on things that just. Are not yeah. Is it going to is is this is the item going to turn on? Is the appliance going to run? Sure, it is. My from my standpoint, it's is it safe? And then naturally, the question we're leading up to is, what happens in case of something? Ha- what ha- what happens when something happens finally? Yeah. So we're going to ask the insurance agent now. It is that, and I know you can't cannot answer definitively because you're the insurance agent. Correct. You're not the adjuster. I'm not the underwriter or or whoever, but. I think I know your answer just based on the fact you said, oh, my gosh, <laughs> when he gave that one. What, what's your take on it? Yeah. You know, again, if it's accidental, 
uh, stuff is most likely going to be covered. And and again, I have to I have to just reiterate. It really depends on your carrier that you use. I mean, they'll they'll some carriers will look for reasons not to cover, and some will look for reasons to cover. And that's just the unfortunate uh, world that we're in. So you, again, you really need to talk to a, an insurance agent uh, local from wherever you live. But with regards to something like that. Um, when you're purchasing the house, it, I think it would be really important to spend some time seeing what that uh, inspection report has. And so you're looking at it yourself as the homeowner uh, and then walking alongside your real estate agent who should be explaining that to you to begin with. And then you have the ability of making an educated decision on what what tasks do you want to remove from the honeydew list because that one's not a good honeydew list item. Go get a licensed contractor and save yourself from ever having to ask that question would be my answer to you, Don. Okay, good. Because even though something's covered, you're probably still going to lose. I mean, how do you replace valuable pictures of your family? And that's the and that's the reality. You're going right where, my, where I went with that, Don. Uh, it's interesting how that happened just right now. Uh, not only the pictures in the house, but loved ones. I mean, you know, I mean, in the world of fire loss, you know, God, it's just it's a scary time. And, and, and usually the fire's not waking you up. It's the smoke waking you up and, and, and just being, you know, waking up in a situation like that or just being in those situations are very ugly. So um, when it comes to electrical, again, I wouldn't ask the question if my I'm just going to go ahead and do this because my insurance is going to cover it because that's not I would. This is something. If you're going to ask that question, you should have a licensed contractor do it. Period. In the end. Okay. You just struck a chord with me. And it, okay. So I went into a home last week that I had sold to these people uh, maybe a year and a half ago. So I know that it had the proper amount of smoke detectors that were operating. Gotcha. And a carbon monoxide detector. Great. Because you know we're not going to close escrow unless those things are done. Yeah. Walked in the house giving an evaluation for him, and every smoke detector had the battery removed. Mm. The smoke detector had the battery removed. Mm. Um, so why did you do that? Oh, they were chirping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they needed to be replaced, not removed. Yes, and probably <laughs> just the battery. <laughs> That's all it was, was take a new battery and put it in there. Right. Now, let's say a fire happened. Is that in the insurance company, you know, when they go through the rubble and they see a smoke detector without a battery in it, is that something they're going to say no? You know, I don't know that that would play a role in, in how the claim would react. Um, that might play a role in in, in, to, in, in whether in, you live or not live. Yeah, <laughs> and then also life insurance and other issues could come into play. You know, and, and that would be what the uh, the fire inspector would go out there and make those eter- sort of determinations based on the catastrophic loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to really be able to answer that question. I mean, at some point, you know, it's hard to say this uh, out loud, especially on radio, but there there should be some sort of common sense. And uh, if something's chirping, you need to replace it. And hopefully your home inspector is pressing that button to make sure it's actually operating, not just taking a picture of it in a room. Mm-hmm. When you buy a house, you need to go from back to front and make sure everything's operating because it's now your property. It's not somebody else's mistake you can blame later. Okay, how about unpermitted? Uh, Jonathan, on an inspection, let's say you find a room addition that obviously is unpermitted. Sure. Um, and you, what? How? how do you spell that out on your inspection report? Do you say unpermitted or probably unpermitted 
Well, we don't. Um, we as a general home inspector, we don't show up. We don't um, do background checks on the property and and look for past permits or anything pulled. There are times, however, when you can look at um, uh, an addition onto a home or a remodel of a. Let's say it was an enclo- say it was a patio. Say it was just a patio and they enclosed it. Um, you can tell when it was done, you know, generally with, with or without permits, just by the, 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 I tell people all the time when I'm looking underneath faucets, I can look at how the, the plumbing tape is wrapped underneath the, um, mm. behind the, um, shutoff valve underneath the sink and tell what quality of plumber was there doing the job. Or if someone, you know, tried to use some yellow, um, Teflon tape on a, on a gas flare fitting, it's not, not necessary on the, on that kind of setup. So I can tell, a lot of times, little indicators like that. So if I see something like that, I just make some comments um, as far, because my job is to observe and report. And so I'll just make some notes about, hey, this doesn't look like it was done by a qualified professional. Recommend having it evaluated and corrected or repaired by a qualified professional. Okay. So um, let's go to the most common thing I'm going to say would be the patio gets enclosed and made into a, a family room. Um but it turns out it's not permitted, and then there's a spark, some fi- uh, there's a fire in there. Is the insurance company going to say, ah, just carte blanche, hey, not permitted, not covered? My, my one question to that is that's going to add, quote, unquote, square footage to the home. So it would be more or less is that square footage added to the home somewhere. Because when we're pulling up the address, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're pulling up the address, we're pulling up, uh, the, just the year of the home is being built, and the square footage is auto-populated. So making sure that the uh, the, uh, the home itself is correctly has the correct square footage, and then that's if you're a consumer and you know you've added something like that, calling your insurance agent. Again, great to have a local agent you can call. He'll they'll tell you what what you need to do by taking pictures and getting those documentation submitted. Mm-hmm. So, so the state of California has passed legislation asking, not asking, demanding cities allow more accessory dwelling units, so second living units mm-hmm. on a property. So, uh, in in some properties that have, let's say, a detached garage, can turn that into uh, another living unit. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Kevin. That would probably be covered if they included that square footage. Yeah, in especially the especially if there's like a, a separate structure, you know, like a small house or a shed that they build into a, a mother-in-law's quarters with a mm-hmm. kitchen and all that. It will not have coverage unless they call their insurance agent and they have them restructure their policy. And you might be looking at a hundred dollars a year. You might be looking at fifty dollars a year. It's not it's not going to be a lot of money. It just needs to be documented. That's been my experience with insurance. It's the base policy where that costs, yeah. It, and then you're to add, let's say, to double the liability insurance. Yeah, is maybe another twenty, thirty bucks a year. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, no. Um, to add um, uh, replacement cost is not much. No. So it's the base that you're paying for, and then the little add-ons. Yeah. Are are little. Yeah, so when I'm when I'm quoting a policy or submitting a policy, again, your policy is only as strong as the insurance agent that put the information in there. So when I do the, my policies, I only write uh, replacement costs. And if someone on my staff writes a policy, they know they need to get my approval before they can write an actual cash value policy to protect the consumer that I have within my agency. I see. John, what 
what are the most common deficiencies that you see in a home that you would question if it's insured? I think the most common, what we consider a deficiency, are more safety-related items, mm-hmm. um, maybe that have been implemented over the years or added to the code or developed. Um, most, I would say the most common deficiency or um, corrected item we find would be um, GFI outlets, bathrooms, kitchens, places like that where maybe the home was built before 1995 where it wasn't required and it just hasn't been updated to now. Um, it's one of those things where if it's if something were to happen, um, it's not necessarily a deficiency or an, or an issue. Um, a big one I ran into the other day was I walk into a house and walked into the garage actually, and the wall between the house and the garage they had cut out a big, I would guess it was about two and a half feet high by eight foot long and installed an aquarium, a fish aquarium full of water inside of that wall, which you could see from both the garage and the living area side wow. through a fire-rated separation wall Wow! in the house. <laughs> and the water was green, had not been taken care of. Take, it was, I think it was actually a foreclosed, sh- foreclosed property, so there was nothing. It was, it was, that was probably the biggest, hmm, I don't think that would be covered. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I'm, um, you know, uh, that's a one-hour firewall is what is sp- the drywall is supposed to be in between the garage and the uh, the living unit. I'm going to say two feet of water should have been enough firewall protection. <laughs> to put the fire out, maybe, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except who'd want to touch Nemo. it? It's, it was Nemo green water. Would, Nemo's <laughs> getting the short end of the stick there. <laughs> Good point. Okay, with those bad jokes, we're going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, but I think we have somebody that wants to make an introduction. Go ahead. Welcome back to the Welcome Home Show. Well, thank you. And that's Claire Lissitson. Yes. And your dad is the insurance agent yeah. over here that's helping us out. Uh-huh. Good job, Claire. And thank you. Have you ever been on the radio before? Mm, no. Dawn, last night, she asked me what the radio was. Ay, 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 ay. Times have changed. Oh, it, it, it's like Sirius XM back in the day. all right but here we are on am radio and actually am radio is still kicking it so uh let's go to home inspections all right why why should someone do a home inspection well um i tell people a lot of times when i go through and do a home inspection that i've never been to this house before but in about an hour, hour, 15 minutes, I'm going to know more about this house than the current owner or the current tenants do just because um, what we do is um, visual, non-invasive inspection of all the existing components and systems of the home. So I start around the outside of the house, work my way through the entire house. I have about 400 checkpoints I do, and it's going to give that particular buyer or maybe you're a current owner and you've lived in the house for a period of time and you just want to know, you know, what condition is my house in 
for maintenance purposes or ongoing, you know, resale value down the road. Um, we go through and get you a really good picture of what's going on. And th- there's nothing worse than buying something you thought you were buying and then find out three months later not quite what you thought it was at all. Hmm. And I guess a good analogy would be uh, why should you go in for a physical every once in a while? Sure. Yeah, sure. because you, you talk to that general doctor, and it sounds like that's what you are, a general yeah. practitioner. Yeah. And, and you'll, uh, as you said previously, uh, you'll refer to a specialist. Yeah, yeah. If I see something that needs to, needs, to, um, needs to be called out or needs to be looked at and evaluated by a professional licensed contractor, I'll mention that. Um, the other, what I tell people a lot of times is I'm, because I, I, buyers want to know, well, are you, are you generating a list of things that the seller has to fix? And I come back and I say, well, just remember, nothing that I call out is required to be fixed. I'm sort of like if you're going to buy a used car and you want to take it to your buddy, the mechanic, and have him look at it. I'm the mechanic. So I'm just going to go through. I'm going to get all the information I can, give it to you, and then it's up to you to utilize that for your negotiating purposes or just for your you know, punch list once you move into the house of what things you should be paying attention to. Yeah, and now here's that relationship between realtor and home inspector. So the buyers, per the contracts, buy the home as is. Sure. However, they have the first, let's say, 17 days or whatever they negotiate however many days, to find out what as-is is. Correct. That's where you come in and you give a little booklet saying this is what as-is is. Sure, sure. Um, That buyer should go through that list with their realtor and decide, okay, do I want to go through with an as-is sale or do I want to request the seller do something? Seller doesn't need to do it. Seller can say, nope. I sold it at such a low price right. that I'm not fixing a thing. Right. And if the buyer knows that they bought it at such a low price, they probably will just go forward and say, "Okay, yeah. I, you know, I requested you fix these five items, but right, uh, I'll go forward anyway." Sure. Sometimes people even negotiate a a, 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 a price. Yeah. They they say, "Well." You know, um, seller says, you know, I'm not going to go through and fix all those things, but here, I'll give you a $500 credit. Right. And if that's acceptable to the buyer and the buyer's lender, because the lender has to approve that credit, um, then then they can move on forward. Um, and here's a good one for you. I, I had somebody one time ask for the entire, everything that was on that home inspection report, that was on the summary page that was noted. Sure. Buyer asked for all That's of them. That's the easy way to go. Maybe too easy. <laughs> and if I could tell you what the buy, the seller's reaction was, when I presented that to the seller, uh-huh. he went off like a rocket. He was upset and um, said a lot of things that, uh, you know, probably... Can't say on the radio. I can't say him on the radio. In fact, he after about... Five minutes going on and on and on about how he wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. He looked at me and he goes, I take it you're professional enough that none of this gets to the buyer? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he goes, okay, I'll do the first five because they're legitimate, but I'm not doing those other ones. So got a reasonable response from him after sure. 10 yeah. minutes of unreasonableness. <laughs> got a reasonable response, took it back to the buyer, and the buyer said, oh, Okay, that that looks good. So no emotion, just went forward. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, and something that I I like to oh oh 
should the buyer and the buyer's agent be there at the home inspection? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the agent agent can be there if they want or not. We're hired and paid for by the buyer. So I recommend the buyer be there. Uh, I know some offices require the agent to be there during the inspection process, which is fine with me. Um, I don't do a lot of talking during the inspection process itself. I want to go through and I want to do everything I can, find out about this home as much as I can. And then at the end of the inspection, toward the end, the last 15 minutes or so, I'm all yours as far as the buyer is concerned because I'll answer all the questions. I'll walk back through the whole process 100% again if you want to. But that way I know what I'm talking about. I might see something on one side of the house and go, hmm, I wonder what that is, and then get to the other side of the house and say, oh, they have a water softener. So I want to make sure I have all my information for you to give you the to give provide you with the best service I can possible. But yes, I do like to meet with the buyers if at all possible. Some of them are out of town, out of state, can't make it, working, whatever the schedule is. But um, I do like to meet with the buyers for sure because I generate a pretty easy to read, clear, concise report. Not a lot of verbiage. I mean, not a lot of um, boilerplate stuff. No small print. But you need to be able to um, see what it is I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, and, and I always tell my buyers that, yeah, you should go because it's like a one-on-one tutorial Absolutely. on something you're buying. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of that one-on-one tutorial on something you're buying, they should do that with their local insurance agent, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's one of those great things about insurance is because every every year on your home, it automatically renews. So if you're in a mortgage, you may not even ever have to talk to your insurance agent because that thing just clicks and just keeps renewing, which is really scary because if you have made any adjustments to the home, like to marble or upgraded your counters to, uh, countertops to marble, excuse me, uh, maybe your cabinets you've upgraded and you're, you know, you've added an extra room or water softener or solar panels on your house. You know, all those things should be added to your insurance policy at a very minimal rate. And it, like with my agency, my clients can text me, they can email me and my staff will get right to them. Uh, so for me, I'm trying to make it as simple as absolute possible, but yet not intrusive. I mean, who wants to talk to their insurance agent every day? I know it wouldn't be my, my first thing I want to do. Other than my clients, they like me and they think right. I'm funny and want right. to be we around. We want to hang out. Yeah, Absolutely. I want to hang out. Maybe at a restaurant I go to every once in a while. Yeah. 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 Have a rocket hot dog. dog right? Rocket dog. Have there a hot is. dog and a beer. Yeah, hot dog and a beer. Oh. That is your favorite restaurant, right? It is absolutely it, my favorite restaurant. It's my, yeah, my favorite. Yeah, for lunch, it's yeah, killer. Yeah, I, that's my like go-to. If I can get there in the amount of time that I have, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, there you go. so the inside thing scoop here for our listeners yeah. is uh, Kevin is also the owner of Rocket Dog. I am one of the one of the owners of Rocket Dog. There's two married couples that own it. Yes. Ah. All right. Yeah. Um, what do, from inspections? What do you see what what's the biggest problem? Is it water related, safety related, um, or or what? Uh, I I think the most common issue that I find that I come across are water related issues that um, in areas where people aren't really paying attention. You know, you open up your kitchen sink underneath, you got a bunch of, you know, detergents and cleansers and all kinds of stuff, and you're not paying attention, but all your plumbing's in the back of that cabinet. So my recommendation, even to, even to, you know, tenants, anybody, I would, I would say this probably covers everybody. Anybody living in a house, 
when you get home today, go home, open up your cupboards, take a flashlight, look in the back, and make sure that there's no water sitting back there that you didn't intentionally put there. So I tell my clients when they change their clocks and they change their batteries to be able to pull things away from walls and check behind them. Beautiful. That's that's spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Working together. Yeah. Okay. And so there is a relationship between inspections and insurance. Absolutely. And real estate. Absolutely. And Welcome Home Radio. So, because this is where you get the good tips right here on Welcome Home Radio. And I hope you got some good ones today. I hope from here on out you spend a little extra time with your local insurance agent asking them the questions so you know what you bought. I hope you spend a little more time with your home inspector ask the good questions so you know what you bought for that quarter million dollars you just gave up so thank you to all our listeners on welcome home radio and tune in next week we have a couple of loan officers coming and we are going to talk about loans to be careful of thank you for tuning in to welcome home radio